This is the best podcast on the planet. I'm not being biased at all. Thanks for listening, supporting, sharing, and subscribing to the Mindful Farm D podcast. Subscribe today wherever you listen to stay informed. Share with a few friends. Email Dr. Matman Harrell at themindfulfarmd at gmail.com exclamation point. Connect on Instagram at themindfulfarmd. Check out drmattmanharrell.bio.link for everything about the podcast. A thousand thanks and stay mindful. I launched this podcast in February under an immense wave of support from all of you. Again, I want to say thank you. And as I like to say, a thousand thanks for supporting me in that effort. And by launching it in February, I wanted to take the opportunity to really honor some notable black figures in American history who have helped expand our understanding of psychology. And if you haven't had a chance to go and listen to uh, those two episodes, those uh, that two part series, please do yourself a favor and go check it out. Again, you can find it below uh, in this podcast stream, wherever you're listening. But in in launching under that pretense and, and wanting to honor some black history figures, I put this episode on the back burner. And in this episode, I walk through three processes that are involved in renewing your mind on a daily basis. I hope that you learned something in this episode and would also do me a big favor as I like to ask you here at the beginning and share this podcast with five of your friends. Just give me give me a high five. Give me a high five by sharing with five of your friends and also rate this podcast with five stars. You'll notice that my branding looks a little bit different. And I want to give a shout out to a very close friend of mine. In fact, he's like a brother to me, Dr. Edward Clemens, who's also a pharmacist, for helping me rebrand my podcast logo. And guys, I got to say, it looks absolutely amazing. But I also want to take this, this opportunity and mention the fact that my dear friend and his wife have launched a wonderful podcast called The Extraordinary Love Podcast. You can get that wherever you listen to your podcast, go check it out. It's about singles. It's for marriage. It's for all things dealing with love. So please go check that podcast out when you get a chance. You're listening to the Mindful Farm D podcast. Welcome and a thousand thanks for tuning in. This podcast is about all of us. I'm your host, and the mind behind the microphone, Mattman Harrell. My focus on this podcast is to explore the mind through genuine conversations, thought-provoking ideas, and the reality that the story of mental health is incomplete. Welcome and a thousand thanks for listening to the Mindful PharmD podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harrell. Happy New Year to everybody. It's a new year, a new opportunity, a new chance for us to do something different 
to be different, to behave different, differently, to, to think differently. This is a chance for us to, to put all of the things that happened in 2020 in our book that is the story of our life as, as a unique experience. It's once every lifetime or so that we go through pandemics and things in our world that causes all of us to sort of to, to come together and really question our way of life, really question what matters most. You know, and if anything, you might disagree, you might agree, but I think if anything, 2020 taught us that we should take a step, a step back and really look to and understand what exactly is important to us. What exactly do we value in life? What, how are our interactions with people, our family members, our loved ones are, you know, we, we, the whole year and even now still we're, we're social distancing and keeping our distance from people who are not a part, part of our immediate family. How do these things, these, these behaviors impact the way we think and impact the way and our outlook on life? And today I want to, I want to take sort of this opportunity here in the new year. I want to take this opportunity to talk about renewing your mind. This is a new year for us. Again, a new chance for us to think differently. A lot of us are making uh, and, and joining gyms and and making those resolutions and saying that this year I'm going to do X, Y, Z. What is that thing that you're most looking forward to? For me, I'm looking forward to renewing my mind daily, not allowing the, the, the stress of work, not allowing the pressure of family life, not allowing things in my life to bog me down and put me in this rut for 365 days of 2021. No, I want to be, I want to have a new mind every single day. And so today I want to talk, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how to renew your mind. And really it comes from three, uh, three processes or three steps that I think are vital and important when we talk about renewing our mind and creating a new space, a new avenue, a new uh, journey for ourselves, a new narrative for ourselves. And those three things are remembering, reflecting, and releasing. So we renew our mind by remembering, we renew our mind by reflecting, and we renew our mind by releasing. You know, I, I, I talked to my wife about the concept for this episode, and, you know, she asked me, and rightfully so, she asked me, well, what's the difference between remembering and reflecting? Well, I hope to answer that question today. I hope to be able to, to give you some, some things you can do to renew your mind, some things to ponder to renew your mind on a daily basis. So the first one that I mentioned is remembering. Now, I, I'm not going to waste time, you know, trying to main, mansplain uh, memory, right? We know what memory is. We know what remembering is. But do we really understand the power that it has in this process of renewing our mind? This process is so crucial when we seek to renew our, renew our mind. And it's really because in remembering, we bring to mind an awareness of something or someone, some situation. Remembering involves intentionally creating visual images of what is to be remembered. We remember the location, remember the smells, the sounds, the, the emotions. 
bringing all these things to an awareness in our mind. Now, as I'm explaining this, this might sound a little bit more complicated than it actually is, but remembering is easier than it sounds. In fact, you don't even have to try very hard to remember something. There is data that actually suggests that involuntary memories have the ability to be as vivid and as relevant as voluntary memories. You know, we, we this involuntary process of remembering where we put our keys or where we put our, our drink of water or whether or not we set the alarm on our house or on our car, right? These things, these this process occurs in our mind without us even trying. Or, you know, when you're remembering the first time you went to your favorite restaurant or the first time you, you visited your favorite theme park, Disney World, right? Now, I'm from Florida, so DW was in my backyard. Or what about a trip to the town fair or the carnival? Now, I know that even by saying the word fair or carnival, it brings to mind a few images. You know, funnel cakes come to mind. Um, elephant ears come to mind. Questionable thrill rides come to mind. These things that are thrown up in less than 24 hours. But what are you doing in that moment when you're when I when I say a word or somebody around you says a word? It brings back to memory all of these things, these again, these sounds, these smells, right? That's remembering. That's what it is. One of my favorite literary characters is Sherlock Holmes. And if you're a fan, you know that Sherlock Holmes is a master of memory. In fact, he uses a, a memory palace to recall places and peoples and sights and sounds. In these moments, Holmes is actually practicing mindfulness. He's, he's practicing mindfulness. Why? Because he's intentionally bringing these things back to mind and back to an awareness. He's creating an awareness of these places, these people, these sights and these sounds. Now, while remembering may be easier than it sounds, this is actually an, the most challenging part of mind renewal. The process itself is easy and it's involuntary. Right. And then what I'm asking is and and bringing you and asking you to consider is the voluntary aspect of memory consciously remembering and this is a challenge because it may require you to remember some moments you would much rather forget memory is both a powerful and a fragile process Jane Austen's Mansfield Park sort of captures this powerful idea and the and also the fragility associated with remembering things. It says here, there seems something more speakingly incomprehensible in the powers, the failures, the inequalities of memory than in any other of our intelligences. So in this book, she notes and, and points out how remembering things is both powerful and it's also fragile. It takes you to a place of vulnerability. But here's the thing. If you choose not to remember if you choose to forget these things forgetting can actually have a, a negative impact on you because forgetting robs you of being able to appreciate the lessons learned in that moment when forgetting you forfeit the opportunity to process and it hinders your ability to heal when you choose to forget you forfeit the opportunity to process and it hinders your ability to heal. For example, an article from the Psychology Today 
mentions that depressed or depressed individuals who try to suppress particular memories find such memories become more intrusive. So as depressed people work to forget things and forget about traumatic events, those events paradoxically come back and haunt them and become even more intrusive in their life. So remembering is very important. It's very powerful. And it's a very necessary aspect of mindfulness. Now, as we move away from remembering, we arrive at the second aspect of renewing your mind, and that's reflecting. In other words, you think deeply about what it felt like to be in the experience. Was it painful? Was it embarrassing? Was it joyful? If so, why? Why did the these emotions present themselves in that particular situation? This is the part reflecting. This is the part where you ask yourself why certain experiences produce specific emotions. Why is it that when your boss walks in the room, you automatically feel a rush of anxiety? Could this be related to your view of authority figures? Or maybe you feel excited to share some new idea with your boss who's supportive and, and fosters an environment of creativity. But reflecting on those moments and those experiences, why is it that you feel that way? Why is it that you uh, feel connected to this individual, whether it be a friend or a loved one or again, a boss or a coworker? This process of reflecting is what psychologists call reflective functioning. This describes our ability to reflect on experiences, draw conclusions about your behavior from that experience, and then use this information to develop a new representation of yourself. Reflective functioning. Some people are better at doing this than others, you know, and the word narrative has become sort of a buzzword in recent years. We use this term to refer to political narratives. Like a lot of times it has a it has a negative connotation associated with it. Social narratives, right? The 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 powers that be want you to believe a, a, a certain narrative, right? These buzzwords that we that we say and uh, all the time and we use all the time. But this idea of creating a narrative of your own life has been around for decades. This is the ultimate goal of reflection. The ultimate goal of reflection is to create a different narrative to foster a healthy perspective of your experiences you you so you remember the experience you remember the moment and then you reflect on the emotions involved you reflect on what it was like to be in that experience i have in front of me a picture of a guy taking a taking a picture in front of a mirror and of course you know the effect that that creates right there's sort of this this reflection of of uh, endless mirrors and you can allow yourself to get to that point where you reflect upon, you know, different, uh, different experiences and different emotions involved in one experience. You know, did your, did your hands become uh, sweaty when you're, when somebody walked into the room or did your heart race when your wife walked into the room or your loved one walked into the room? What, what is it like to be in the experience? That's the power of reflection. And then lastly, we come to release. So after you've remembered, after you've reflected 
and then you come to release. This is not the same as forgetting. Remember I said forgetting uh, in forgetting you forfeit your ability to process those emotions and it hinders your ability to heal. But with release, we choose to disconnect the realized and the imagined lines that are tethered to painful moments, stressful moments, moments where competing priorities had you all bound up and frozen. This is this is this intentional release is a core aspect of mindfulness. You release your mind from the pain so that it doesn't hurt anymore. You release your mind from the embarrassment so that if you're in that situation again, it's not embarrassing anymore. Or maybe it will be embarrassing again, but then you repeat this cycle of of remembering, reflecting and releasing, remembering, reflecting and releasing. Release the negative emotions associated with the experience, but consider holding on to the experience. So you're not you're not forgetting about what happened. You're not forgetting about why it happened. But maybe you're releasing again those emotions, those those things that bind you up and keep you from being from being able to to move forward. This this releasing effect begins to create a new narrative in your mind. Instead of saying to yourself, you know, so and so really embarrassed me yesterday. I'll never forgive him. I'll never forgive her. What what are you holding on to here? What 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 is causing you to want to uh, foster? What is causing you to want to foster those negative emotions? Instead, choose to say, here's the narrative. Yeah, it was embarrassing, but I choose to release the negative emotions associated with that experience so that I may have space to forgive. And not only forgiving so-and-so for embarrassing you or hurting your feelings or stepping on your toes, but also forgiving yourself for granting that person so much power over your emotions. When we interact with people, what we say and what they say, what we do and what they do creates a memory in our mind. This year, you can choose to be mindful. Choose to renew your mind daily, not not just in the first three days of the year, not just in the first month of the year. But there's so much that can be learned from 2020. It was supposed to be the year of perfect vision. And I believe that in some aspects that that is still true. There's so much that can be learned. Some of it good. Some of it not so good, but all of it is another chapter in the story that is your life. Chapter 2020 might have left you feeling hopeless, defeated, financially poor, and emotionally spent. But what will chapter 21 be like? You got a chance, another chance, a new lease to renew your mind on a daily, daily basis. You can say to yourself, you know, I belong in this space. I'm safe in this space. I matter in this space. You get a chance to renew your mind daily by remembering, reflecting, and releasing. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things.
I leave you with this. Focus your thoughts on what is true, noble, righteous, pure, lovable, or admirable, on some virtue or on something praiseworthy. Think about these things.